You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. There's a funny story about being at that game. You had an encounter with an old lady. (laughs) That year we went to Nashville. We were getting ready to go to the Nashville Predators game. And and Johnny's wearing a suitor jersey. (laughs) On purpose, I might add. And we had just just picked up suitor. Predators fans were bitter. Understatement. Yeah, the aforementioned bitterness of the suitor. Uh, sweater bridgestone arena yeah and we're standing in the concourse waiting to get a beer people kind of start chanting suitor she had been 75 pushing 80 but she was just fit and and hyper as a teenager yeah i thought i had heard she was like poking you in the chest or Mm -hmm. something Welcome to the Range Podcast. I'm Ricky Bruley, and with me is Jake Hollywood Iverson. Join us at the Archery Range, where we'll tell stories from the hunt, discuss technical bow shooting tactics and gear, and pick the brains of some of the most successful people to ever shoot a bow. Whether you're about to shoot that X for the win or send an arrow at a trophy buck, this podcast is for you. Range Podcast is brought to you by Vapor Trail Archery, makers of the best bowstrings money can buy, originators of limb-driven arrow rest technology, and innovators of stokerized stabilizer systems. And what is it, 70% of the times all the statistics are correct? Yeah. Something like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 70%, 70% all the time. Yeah, yeah 70% all the 60% time. 60% of the time it works every time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ron Burgundy. <coughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to the range. I'm Ricky Bruley, and joining me on this epic journey is Hollywood. Tagging along is our special guest, Olympic gold medalist, and our director of operations, John Betker. How are you guys? Good. How you doing, buddy? I'm awesome. Doing wonderful. Yeah? Yeah. Just got off the range. Nice. Shooting well. How yeah, well? I saw that. You shot a nice score yesterday. Yeah. Well, did you say how well? Yeah. Well, I never miss. No, it was a 356X, so that's awesome. The four ran away from me. so That's why we got you here, because I can't do that. Not me. No way. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying, right? Well, hey, thank you all for joining us for episode three titled, No Plan is the Plan. Uh, The last two episodes were heavily scripted, so I wanted to take some time to simply just BS for a little bit and just kind of see where it goes. Um, again, just want to start off by giving a huge thanks to everyone uh, who is currently listening. The feedback has been amazing. And uh, I do, even though the plan is no plan, I do have a couple of topics in mind uh, just to get the gears turning. Uh, and the main topic of discussion will be around turkey hunting today since we're, well, by the time this airs, turkey season will pretty much be done, but we just want to. For some of it is done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, gripe and complain and whine and and cheer and all that kind of stuff that turkey hunting does for you. 
What? That'd be you. <laughs> what am I? <laughs> Big old cut. That there. part where it says Hollywood in bold. We're already there. It. Yep. My goodness. Sorry, okay. I was whipping, man. Yeah. I know. And I, <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're through the first bullet point. <laughs> I kind of noticed as I was going to, I'm like, man, I'm going so, really fast. But anyways. so the plan of no plan is executing yeah, excellently at this really point. <laughs> <laughs> so after a huge uh, cut, um, yeah. So part of the reason why we have Johnny here. Uh, it's because he's part of the team that paved the way um, as how we effectively bow hunt turkeys these days. Um, and <laughs> you love it. Yep. Uh, and I'll let him tell all that story right there. How are you doing, Johnny? Doing well, buddy. How are you? Uh, you know how I'm doing. <laughs> exactly I do not have doing. a bird for those that are wondering, and he does. So. Hey, I give you an A for effort, though. You're yeah. putting it in. You know, you're yeah. getting out there early in the morning. Them 4 a.m. wake-up calls are brutal. Yeah. First day or two, not too bad. Day like 17, yeah, it's yeah, that's a grind. I think I'm about there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, today I actually took a day off, so I look nice and pretty for the podcast today. So, uh, <laughs> shaved up all clean. Uh, yeah, yeah shaved, son. Back to your 16-year-old face. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but you're right. Yeah, 3, 3.30, like depending on how far you have to drive. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's just it's getting to be taxing. That's I've always loved those 10 to 2 birds. Yeah, yeah, nice sleep in session and yep. get up go kill and well even like you said early in the morning or early in the season mm-hmm. the sun's not getting up that early no so you can kind of sleep in so to speak yeah and now yeah. it's like it's up at 5 a.m you're ready to shoot it's like <laughs> yep <laughs> like yeah it's getting tougher so it is it is birds are moving good though right now so a lot of guys are having luck a lot of guys are already tagged out even the guys like you that haven't had a bird go down yet you've had opportunity you've seen birds you've seen them moving around so you know but you're also doing the public land thing which again i applaud you for because that's a tough hunt but you know public land it gets real tough to really zone in on them birds anybody comes out there and bumps them in the morning bumps them off the roost chases them around midday who knows i mean you had the one guy came in and sit behind you that yeah. kind of boogered up that one hunt just so. mentioned that one yeah i've had exactly that yeah walks yeah. in at six the sun's already been up for an hour buddy yep you know ruined my that that tom was destined to come in and didn't commit that's super frustrating yeah, yeah. it I is headache and a half so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and, and i mean i've been driving lots of miles you know mm-hmm. putting in the scouting and everything and just like johnny said all public land you know i i have a couple of opportunities now with private land but <laughs> i'm just going the tougher way about it but yeah it's oh. it's a tough battle it's really tough yeah, so we got a few <clears throat> weeks left I, I might try to see if i can get out again but i don't know who knows we'll see how that goes by the time this airs i might have a bird on the ground who knows mm-hmm. yeah i might have a spot so oh <laughs> i got there's if i had a, a shotgun i could kill a lot of birds right now yeah but. yeah there's there's a few spots i could go i suppose i've got some opportunities but who knows we'll see how that goes i still don't want to bring a bow out really i just want to bring a gun. come on man i just want to bring a gun and just be just get it done. Just shoot him in the face hard. and be done with it. <clears throat> it's still hard. The two days that I spent out there, man, I just it couldn't. You went on terrible days, man. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Rained constantly. It was cold. Uh-huh. We were flipping coins all day long. That was pretty much it. And I hunting with my good buddy Travis, and between him and I, we have such a difficult time, like just making a decision. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, well, we could do this. We could do that. We spent half our day trying to figure out what we could do. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of committing. But um, 
uh, the, the awesome thing is, is like, so of course the, I leave or I'm done with the hunt. Right. And Travis stays one more day and kills his bird that next morning, which was super awesome. I was just bummed out that I didn't get to be there for it. Right. He, he actually, it actually ended up being like a, a, a stock that he put on the bird and I haven't got the details from him yet. He did say it wasn't pretty, but it, he got it done. So <laughs> I say a dead bird is a dead bird, man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> doesn't matter how it went. Right. But, um, so Johnny, I don't want to get too much into detail about, uh, what Hollywood alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. because I think we need to save that for another episode, but maybe just kind of elaborate a little bit on what that means. What, what, what team was it that you were a part of that kind of paved the way for turkey hunting as we know it with a bow? Well, the crash course of my path that led me here, the the stepping stone that started it all for me was as I had the great privilege of being uh, part of the original double bull archery team. Uh, and anybody familiar with turkeys and ground blinds, uh, even the younger generation, you've had to have been exposed at this point to who double bull is and what they did and what they were all about. And uh, it was an absolute joy it's it's one of those career making moments life making moments that i'll never be able to repeat regardless how great vapor trail is we have a very similar setup here as far as the energy the excitement the innovation and everything that we're trying to do to to build our brand and grow our company there are many 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 similarities but double bull archery was kind of lightning in a bottle (laughs) Um, you know they they caught it perfectly they timed it perfectly almost everything we did it just seemed to work I mean it was almost too easy I hate to say it that way Mm -hmm. Uh, and again it was just a absolute boatload of fun and you know one of the perks of the job is you know hey do you want to you know go kill a turkey it's like well yes I do (laughs) (laughs) you know so there were a lot of times we'd uh uh, you know unfortunately a a lot of people think that when you're in the hunting industry or the archery industry they seem to get this perception that oh you're in the archery industry you must hunt all the time (laughs) Um, well here's a little dirty secret about that is if you're actually successful with what you do within this industry your hunting time is greatly limited. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so there were many, many, many times that we would be building blinds up to 6, 7, 8 o'clock p.m. on a Friday night where four of us would jump into two different loaded-down pickup trucks with blinds, food, everything else, and we'd drive six, eight hours into somewhere in the northeast Nebraska where we would basically end up at the parking lot at sunup so that we then could go out into the field, get the blind set up, turkey hunt all weekend, and then we'd usually put the birds to bed on Sunday night, mm-hmm. jump back in the truck, haul butt all the way home so that we got back to the factory where we'd go directly to the factory and literally just the shells of the blinds with no rods in them we'd basically fall down in them and take a two-hour nap before we had to get back up and go to work that morning. Gosh. Yeah. Which I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was a blast. Uh, if I was 30 years younger, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. I think if I tried that now, I'd probably die before I even got to Nebraska, much less getting back. But, right. um, yeah, Double Bowl was an absolute blast. I can't say how much fun that was. And that was the stepping stone for me to get to where I am now, why why I do what I do now. Right. 
Um, you know, brief little pit stops along the way when Double Bowl was uh, bought out and acquired by Primos. I did have the luxury of uh, going along for that ride, so to say, where I did work with the guys at Primos for a couple years as a regional sales manager. Uh, can't say enough about Will. Uh, Jimmy, that's a little bit different, but that's a story between him and I. And <laughs> if he ever hears this, I hope you still have that bobblehead of me. Um, oh, John, see, Johnny's got a bobblehead. I didn't even know that. I do. Wow. I do. It's on Jimmy Primos's desk. At least it used to be, whether or not <laughs> oh, it is dude. still now. That's what so. happens when you're an Olympic gold medalist. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it was during my trial runs there, so, yeah. So, and then, uh, and then I voluntarily left Primos a couple years into it where I then went over to uh, Magnus Broadheads and assumed the vice president position over at Magnus Broadheads working with Mike Somm. Yeah. Uh, great product, great brand. Uh, that brand does really well in our pro shop as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always been a big believer of them even before I went to that brand as far as being employed by them. So I uh, can't say enough good things about Mike and Magnus. And then one thing led to another, uh, just a bizarre set of, uh, you know, circumstances and relationships, as we all know at this table within the industry. Uh, I'd been friends with Steve and Jared for many, many years. In fact, I actually heard Steve reference on his podcast uh, what I've told you guys before, that when they were still a fledgling company, that Double Bull had basically hijacked them into the ATA show underneath their badges. Mm -hmm. That was actually me who hijacked their badges for them so they could get in. Um, but with that, you know, after a little bit of communication and conversation and the growth that Vapor Trail was seeing at that time, they extended the opportunity for me to come on as the sales director, which I jumped at in a heartbeat. So came on there, and that was seven years ago now. Yeah, seven years ago now. So, uh, and that's been a blast. Uh, you know, all the things that have happened in that time period, uh, all the changes of the company, changing the personnel, you know, ears, loved working with ears, wish he was still here. Yeah. Uh, glad he's doing phenomenally well. Uh, mm -hmm. Love the fact that he's happy, healthy, great family, cute little kid, bunch yeah. of dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but it'd still be fun to have him around just yeah. so I can zap him with the rubber band. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then obviously the departure of Steve and the introduction of Rory. Obviously, we know what kind of whirlwind that's been. Uh, over the last several years all of it good but definitely one of those things that every day you wake up and go so what's it gonna be today yeah <laughs> yeah it's like what when is when are we gonna have a second yeah. to breathe right? yeah it's, yeah yeah exactly never, never what i've come to that conclusion today yep <laughs> exactly oh my gosh so um all i gotta say to that is lightsaber so yeah <laughs> um but and then it was probably, I don't even honestly remember, I think it's about two years ago, two and a half years ago, was right after years left, mm. uh, is the decision was finally made to go from sales director to director of operations. And, uh, of course, I was right in the peak of, you know, COVID and the pandemic and all the issues of, you know, just the flow of business and pipeline issues and everything else that went on during that time period so that was definitely an interesting time to suddenly be responsible for all of that right. but yeah uh we got through that pretty well though and then of course obviously the transition over to the new building which i know you guys discussed at length in prior podcasts so yeah. i won't dwell on that too much but you know so now here we sit in 
you know, the Taj Mahal doing a podcast. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I'm glad we finally get you on too. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to just backpedal a little bit because yeah. I, before I didn't know you really well before you started with Vapor mm-hmm. Trail. And even to this day, like I still don't feel like I know you well enough. It's like, uh-huh. man, we don't go out and have enough beers. Right. But, uh, I remember, like at ATA shows and stuff like that, you were always just like, Hey, what's up, man. Yeah. Just like really invested, like wanting to know what's going on. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, this is kind of, man, I don't really know this guy very well, but <laughs> all right, let's go. You know, yeah. just conversations with you were always awesome. And then that year we went to Nashville and, <laughs> and we, we went out one night to have some drinks and, and Johnny comes rolling in and you're wearing a, um, and this is for you, Brian Fortenbach. <laughs> Johnny comes in wearing his wild sweater uh-huh. and wild uh, stocking cap with a little ball on the top. Yep. Um, I'll never forget that, you know. <laughs> and we're just sitting there talking and stuff because we were getting ready to go to the Nashville Predators game. Yep. And I can't remember. You probably remember who they were playing. It wasn't the wild. No, it was uh, the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim I believe. Ducks. Yep. Yeah, and Johnny's wearing a suitor jersey. <laughs> and we on had, purpose, I yep, might add. Yep, and we had just... <laughs> We had just picked up Suter, so uh, Predators fans were bitter. Understatement. Yeah. I mean, and for all the years that we played them, every time Suter had the puck, they would boo him. Oh, yeah, every time. If, if we were in Nashville. Yeah. Kind, kind of funny now that when he plays for Dallas and comes to the Wild, we all boo him. <laughs> right? I know that poor Weird guy. how that works out, but go on. Poor guy, you know. He's probably just one of the nicest guys, too, except mm-hmm. his acting is really bad, like those commercials. The air conditioner for, commercials? No, it wasn't. That was... Uh, Jared Spurgeon. That was Spurgeon. Oh, yes, yeah. that's right. He did, bad. he did quick trip commercials. Yes, 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 yes. And he was, I was like, boy, he's, you know, I mean, he, Wisconsin farmer, right? <laughs> Not an actor. No, not but, at all. Hey, you know, you got to do your PR yeah. stuff, right? Uh, anyway, so there's a funny story about being at that game. You had an encounter with an old lady. <laughs> Spring is here and turkey hunting is in full swing. Successfully killing a turkey with a bow is extremely challenging. So after you notch that tag, be sure to give your bow some love by installing a brand new set of Vapor Trail VTX bowstrings. Our proprietary VTX material with sci-fi technology, set it and forget it, is proven to hold up better in varying weather conditions, includes a lifetime service guarantee against manufacturer defects, and are available in thousands of color combinations to match your custom archery setup. With our three-day ship guarantee, you can be back up and running in no time flat. Contact your local dealer or give us a call at 888-BOWSTRING. That's 888-BWSTRNG. Quit your crying and have confidence in your equipment with VaporTrail VTX Bowstrings. Um, so the aforementioned bitterness of the suitor uh, sweater yeah, so we're standing in, what is it, Bridgestone Arena. Yeah. And we're standing in the concourse waiting to get a beer. And I'm with three really good buddies, Brian Fortenbaugh that you already mentioned, uh, another good friend of mine, Bob Humphreys, and then a really good friend of mine, Dave Deming. And, of course, those guys will prod anything along if it humors them <laughs> so you know of course people kind of start chanting suit or that's kind of their negative chant for him yeah and all of a sudden this i say this respectfully but this granny she had been 75 pushing 80 but she was just fitting and hyper as a teenager <laughs> and she 
wanted to get into it with me over Suter. And I mean, get into it with me, like, physically. Like, she was ready to take me down. And basically, if you remember, like, high school fights, how people all of a sudden kind of get a little chippy with each other, and all of a sudden the magic circle opens up, and here you go. <laughs> well, the next thing I know, I'm in this circle with this granny chewing my butt about wearing a suitor jersey. And, of course, I got Brian, Dave, and Bob behind me egging her on, going, yeah, we told them not to wear that. I'm like... Come on, guys. So, of course, obviously nothing happened, and I walked away unscathed, but there was a mini riot going on there for a minute that I thought was going to end badly for me. So, Yeah, I thought I had heard she was, like, poking you in the chest or mm-hmm. something. Well, yeah. <laughs> She's yes. like, those points. Oh, yeah. Zaps. I can't believe you'd wear that here. I'm like, where am I going? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, you don't know Johnny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poke the bear. Poke the bear. Yeah. So, well, that was the same game that we were sitting. I mean, I knew you guys were there, I think, because I think Steven said something to me. Yeah. So I knew there was going to be guys from Vapor Trail there. And how they show people up on the screen. The Jumbotron. Yeah, and the Jumbotron during intermissions and timeouts and stuff like that. Sitting there minding my own beeswax, and all of a sudden I look up on the screen, and there's Steve on the screen. So I texted him and like, wow, you look fat on TV. <laughs> and he's like looking around and they kept on going back to you guys. I think you got flashed up there a couple times. They, were, they came, they came, they got us twice. And it was, I, if I remember, it was me and Steve and I'm pretty sure Greg Bratner. Yes. And I think one other person, if I remember, because we were up there for, because um, BCY does a party yeah. for all of the string manufacturers every year. And that's what they did that year. So we were in a. Um, we had like a suite where they had hot dogs and yep. all kinds of food. It was so cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, they came up to it. They came to, to us twice. When they came back the second time, then we all were like pulling up our shirts so that we could show <laughs> off the Vapor Trail logo, you know, yeah. just to try to promote a little bit. Yep. But yeah, we were pretty wild up there. So they apparently wanted to get the camera on us. Yeah. It was wild that you saw that too. Out of the blue, I was like, looks like Vapor Trail. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest. I, other than that and eating hot dogs, I don't remember much of that game. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were a little I, uh, tore up. I waited till at least after the game until things got fuzzy, <laughs> which good thing, or I probably would have punched a granny. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, you said seven years that you've been with Vapor Trail now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Dude, I, I think I'm one day or three days out from 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, because you were before me. Yeah, like 10 years being around. I mean, yeah, I yeah. had like a couple breaks here and there during college and whatnot. But yeah, yeah I, I just realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. we're already to May. Because we were all just joking about it like a couple of months ago. We are like, no way. I found this email from Rick like when I was hired. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he sent it to me. <laughs> a little mini like, Hollywood. 2013. Yep. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yep. Wow. Maybe just, it was yesterday. Might just yesterday. got your first email account. Yeah, probably. It's probably in like the first few. Was, was it an AOL? <laughs> I might be a little young for that. Using, Just missed it. Using the Netscape browser. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. We are dating ourselves big time here, Johnny. I'm trying uh, to think of what I would have emailed you over. Maybe a regular desktop computer, but I'm sure it wasn't fancy. <laughs> I'm guessing not. Probably from a school computer, like yeah, one, of yeah. old, one of the old colorful iMacs. Or gosh, that's probably oh, yeah. before your time even. No, Oops. we still had some at our school. They were pretty badass. 
Apple IIe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. First computer I ever used, baby. Wow. That wow. was that with Double Bowl? No. Okay. No, that was high school. That was ages oh. ago. So. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, we can circle back to this turkey hunting stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't mean good. to. I didn't mean to. Uh, divert, oh, no. divert uh, to talk about my tenure here. This is good. All we need, we just need to make sure that we um, get you talking some more um, mm-hmm. because we've come to find out that you have quite a few fans. There was some people mm-hmm. that were upset that you didn't get enough time. <laughs> Me? Um, yeah, yeah. So you uh, clearly you have I'm more like than. I like keeping record number lows. <laughs> my low. <laughs> my, my job here today is to get you to yak. Yeah, well, <laughs> which type? <laughs> you might have more fan for more fans than I do. I've I've got like twelve, so you, I don't know. You might have yeah, who knows a couple dozen. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, we'll see kind of how it goes. But so the t- back to the, going back to the turkey hunt, like you were saying, um, what is tell us your uh, journey so far this year with turkey hunt and how that's been going for you. <laughs> There's not much of a journey. It just ends at bird watcher. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> it's, it's right there. Oh, is it is it actual birds you're watching or just decoys? No, there's some birds. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. I th- I think uh, Monday, so I don't work Mondays. I think that was the first day I've seen no birds because I tried doing the 10 to 2 hunt. Mm-hmm. Boy, that was, <laughs> that was a waste of my time. Really? And I slept yeah. really well, and I had three deer come running right up to me, and I was like, of course. Why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Wrong season. But yeah, it's, uh, for me, it's been, um, very active, but man, just the birds have been so hand up. And if they're hand up, it's like, uh, yesterday when I went out, mm-hmm. I was texting you, you know, it's like, there's one hen, yeah. like just break free. And mm-hmm. I have three toms on me, mm-hmm. but no, they're going to sit on private property, 50 yards away, fanned up, just, you know, showing off. And, so mm-hmm. and then they turn and walk the other way. It's like, for the pea-sized brain that they have, they're actually not that stupid. They are the smartest, dumbest bird. If they could smell, you'd never see a turkey, ever. Yeah. No. Oh, I know. It'd be terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, I can actually shower before I go out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, I'm still I'm still rocking. This year I'm running um, the Black Hornets for oh, my yep. broadheads. Uh, Johnny got me on the Magnus. Um I, I, for all of you that are listening, I mean, I've only turkey hunted like hardcore for like three years now because I've always been like, whatever, it's just a stupid bird. <laughs> uh, three years ago, got nothing. Um, last year, got my first. And then that's when I was like talking to Johnny about Magnus. He's like, you can't be shooting anything else. <laughs> only Magnus. <laughs> so I shot one with a bullhead or not bullhead. Uh, uh, buzz cut. Buzz cut. Uh, stinger buzz cut. Um, awesome blade this year. I'm just trying to black horn it cause that thing has to be awesome. It's just, I have not shot anything with it. So mm-hmm. trying that. Um, and were you guys the first with like the bullhead style since I accidentally said that? Uh, well, no, that? I mean, they're There's the most predominant one right now, but there yeah. are others. The guillotine, that was, uh, was it aerodynamics was, yeah. I believe they were the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bullhead was very, very closely behind. Yeah. So, and as far as that category, that type of head now, granted, I admit wholeheartedly I'm biased in that, mm-hmm. but they're the ones that have stuck around the longest, been the most durable and the most reliable, you know, there's been others that have come and gone, but bullheads have been there since they've come out. They've, just maintained yeah and and they are fun i mean once you finally get a little more confidence and you know (laughs) feel like taking a uh not necessarily a trick shot but a different shot 
Uh, it is fun. I mean, I've done done it twice. Uh, those are the ones that I was successful with. I won't give you the body count on how many I was unsuccessful with. <laughs> um, but they're a lot of fun. Now, so. with those, are you running a different arrow setup completely? Because I uh, see like some guys are running like a flu flu. I guess. Yeah, it's totally thing. different arrow. Well, if you so you put the strings on my bow. You saw my arrows because you paper tuned yeah. mine. That's yeah. a bullhead arrow. Oh, okay. it's a full length victory. Yeah, uh, yeah with okay. with uh, four inch feathers. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so going for stabilization. And yep. Don't cut my flipping fingers off. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because you bring up a point. That's you want to make sure that arrow and that bullhead's out there far enough because a lot of guys will do that pointer finger stuff like that. Yeah. We used to get plenty of pictures. A guy that would just slice right down as they <sighs> shot. Where yikes! It's like, yeah, okay, and just make it so I can't do that. <laughs> Did you, have you guys seen the uh, that video of Bomar going around? As much as I care not to reference I don't him. want to talk about him yeah, okay. to be honest there's some really good videos of heads cutting in half yeah uh, mm-hmm. by those types of broadheads yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's pretty, pretty amazing much. though but it's pretty gruesome I've maybe one of you guys have said it like some guys don't like using it because it doesn't make for a pretty picture I mean it, you know it doesn't depends on but... what you're going for I feel like that's a social media guy that's going to be talking more on that aspect of Right. No, if you know. you're going for a quick, clean, ethical kill that has pretty much absolutely no recovery to it whatsoever, other oh, than out walking out to your decoys to pick them up, mm-hmm. you know, then honestly, if you execute the shot, there is not a better place to shoot a 100%. turkey. You know, but yeah, but if you're going for the nice, pretty trophy glamour shot afterwards, yeah, trying to piece back ahead that's been split in four different parts <laughs> and the waddles all torn up and the necks all torn up. Yeah. It's yeah. That that's where Rick comes in with Adobe. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I exactly. The argument is it's about as quick a clean a kill you can get. Mm-hmm. I just, right. and I, for whatever reason, it's really like incredible to see and look at. I don't, it's just, I don't know if it sounds weird, but it just is. I just don't, I, I have concerns about whether that's going to, you know, turn off certain people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, if it turns them off, maybe they're not the people you want. Right. I guess. But at the same time, you know, I, I always just want to advocate for hunting as much as I possibly can. So I'll Agreed. avoid showing that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Trying to avoid the, the gruesome stuff mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, a decap shot where it's like, you just see the head fall off and the turkey falls over and dies you know what i mean mm-hmm. some of them where it's like their head is getting split into four pieces <laughs> is it's whoa yeah um, wild and for sure you're going to get all kinds of attention for that oh and, no doubt and you know whether that's good attention or not i i don't know but My, uh but there yeah effectiveness absolutely 100 percent. it's yep. the way to go that's My how thing. i've killed both my birds with a bow really yeah, yeah. which yeah only, I've only killed two with a bow, which is to, to what Johnny was saying earlier. I won't tell you the number of uh, turkeys that I've flung arrows at and had no success. Yeah, I I kind of like the idea. Like, I don't know. I've talked to you guys about going with the bull heads and whatnot, but I don't know. I feel like it can be a little bit more of tuning issues, but I just like the idea of having the chance of maybe I'm a little cocky, but mm-hmm. I'm confident in my long range mm-hmm. and so like if i had to i mean someone might go well why haven't you shot one then if you've seen so many birds well it's not always that close or right. you know if they're holding still like 
you know, three years ago when I started, uh, a guy that used to work here brought me out to private land and this bird was just all balled up. I mean, just puffed up 80 yards away. I'm like, dude, he's standing perfectly still. I could send this. No problem. <laughs> um, the only problem was there's a wire, uh, horse, um, fence, like a wire yeah. fence. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to try and sneak one through that, pay the farmer back. Like, you know, that sort of deal. But I like the idea of being able to get a little more distance where, you know, if that bird mm. is hung up at 30, make, can you make a shot with a bullhead at 30? I mean, you can, you can, but I don't recommend <laughs> it. It look a little weird. I well, do not recommend it. It's a long ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff that can go wrong. You got those, <clears throat> you know, blades out there and you right. can get a lot of planing, that sort of thing. But like, I mean, Jeremiah out back, you know, this year he shot his at like 32 or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely a possibility where, you know, you might yeah, limit but he was, yourself with going with the... Yeah, but he was head. using a conventional blade, so, right, right. you yeah. know, that's totally different. Right. So Yeah, I mean, so. we were shooting him. The first one I shot was with ears, and I was shocked to find out that he would... We would only set the decoys up at like six yeah. yards. Yeah. Yep. And so I would have to practice super close range because I didn't even have, you know, my normal pin setup wouldn't even, no. you know, strike yeah. that close, <laughs> yeah. but... Then one interesting tidbit too that I've uh, that I just realized is I w- was watching the hunting public and Aaron Warbritton was talking about how, uh, you know, b- just before he takes that shot he'll throw out two quick just little cuts. Yeah. And then it gets them to raise their head and pause for a second mm-hmm. and gives you that opportunity to take that shot. And I was always I kind of thought oh well that's interesting. And then I was going back and looking at a bunch of footage from uh, when I was hunting with ears and so I'm listening to how he's calling and every single time like there's a video of steve shooting a bird uh, both of them shot a bird they got a double and in that video ears does just that he yeah. just burp, burp, and then turkey stops whack yep and then five minutes later these jakes are running around and same thing he did the same thing so that's how that's definitely something you know to, to think about when you're doing that because a lot of people you know they say, oh, well, you know, if the birds are in close, you don't want to call because then you might spook them off or something like that. Or if they're coming in, don't don't call. But um, that's, you know, it's proven to work yeah. in a lot yeah. of different scenarios. And less calling, like a little bit, like with the Yelps, you know what I mean? You right. and I were talking about that the other day, yeah. how I get into this thing where I'm like, burp, 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 you know, and it's like. <laughs> Pretty soon you're wound up. Yeah. And, and, and the way ears was calling and exactly what Aaron was saying too, is it's just, just three, just burp, 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 you know, and let it be. And just to give them some confidence as they're coming in mm-hmm. yep. and, uh, you don't have to get too crazy with it. You got to soften it up. A I was going to say, I do some like soft clocks and whatnot, you know, yeah. just some real small mm-hmm. like feeding clocks sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Like when they're coming in and seems to be fine, but yeah. that's yeah. the hens that come in for me. So. <laughs> that's, I don't mind the hens coming in, though. Yeah, yeah no, a, a lot of birds I've killed, I've killed because I've called the hens in, and eventually right. the toms will come with them. Yeah. That's how I killed my bird this year, was yeah. doing exactly that. Yeah. So if, if, those, if I could get that one to commit, like last week, when my legs mm-hmm. just went dead on me, because... <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> I get in there way late. Not way late, but again, public land wars. I go to a different spot and get in late. And Michael, I'm just going to rock, you know, no blind. And had, yeah, exactly that. I had six hens just all feeding around me, mm-hmm. you know, outside of a blind. I'm just like, oh, kill me right now. Because my legs are just numb. Because okay. I've been on my knees at this point for like 40 minutes. Saying outside of a blind implies that you had a blind at that point. 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to set up in the, you know, the light. You know, they might see me uh, 
coming in and then lo and behold i get like two it's like 300 yard walk i get out there and i hear you know gobbles just going off and i'm like cool they roosted where they've never roosted before they're twice the distance away i could have brought the double bowl out mm-hmm. <laughs> popped her up in the trees and i would have been perfect you know perfectly fine yesterday i did that i did exactly that i actually was sat up right underneath the roost and god i mean i'd be damned man i just <laughs> they see it right there like oh a decoy no i'll go that way and then <laughs> they go right on the, and they're like oh private land cool and then they just sit and watch you mm-hmm. they're sitting there with their middle finger yeah decoys are a 50 50 you know it's yeah. like if you've got three good toms that are getting fired up you know what i mean you don't have to worry but sometimes you get yeah. those like satellite ones that are just bouncing around and they kind of can push them away so it's tricky man because then there's other times where you're like gosh if i had a decoy he'd have been on it yep yep yeah so frustrating i've turkeys. just been like i would pay to have a satellite tom what did i have yesterday mm-hmm. but then again he's hand up and it's just like man yeah. like i feel like sometimes like the satellite toms you might be able to pull a little bit easier just because you know Hopefully they're more dominant. If they're subdominant, maybe they see that mm-hmm. hen or a couple mm-hmm. of hens like, oh, good, I can find here. And uh, or the hens he's with are bred, and he's like, hey, yeah, here's so, one yeah. more. So mm-hmm. that's what I've been hoping for. Because other times we're you know sitting there with like you said three toms, and it's like they they haven't seen the decoys. Honestly, they they don't break that tree line. I I think I send a text every day to Johnny. They're not breaking the tree line <laughs> <laughs> every day. So yeah, it's just been a struggle. I'm just trying to get them to come out and just commit last month i've had more conversation with wood between 6 a.m and 8 a.m <laughs> than any other time <laughs> of the day yeah right. than an ata show <laughs> yeah exactly well, if you'd, exactly if you'd stop trying to be a chris b or a michael hunsucker and yeah. sit in a blind yeah. yeah i know yeah well and sam left me with his double bullet he's actually hunting today and he he's just in it with the toms right now and I don't know. I don't know what he texts me now, but he's got them. But mm-hmm. Mike, so he's got his other blind, but I'm like, man, that does suck. It's like, what, 70 degrees out right now? And oh, it's almost 80. Yeah. I mean, it's warm and he doesn't have his double bowl, so he's got to be sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 78 right now. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. So shout out to Double Bowl in that respect. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, going with the, uh, <laughs> what do they call that? Like the like in- invisible, like, mesh stuff you know like oh, just shoot through mesh yeah, yeah. Like, well it's just insane like you get that 360 view mm-hmm. it's great on a day like today where it breathes but yep. oh man oh is that the one you're is that the blind you're using one yeah of those 360 and, ones yeah super nice but my god i mean well and make sure cold, and make sure cold, you open though. the vent on top too that he helps have him. That one. Oh, doesn't he? yeah no that mm-hmm. one's it's just a full cap um on top but yeah when there's a little breeze though or mm-hmm. like when we went out when it was raining a couple weeks ago, I th- you might have been, you you two were gone, um, but when it rained, you were hunting actually. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh I mean, yeah, that was when you were out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a, like the uh, that three sixty blind, she lets water in. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, my really? bow, yeah, my bow was just soaked. But whatever, it's just the bow. Uh, that's Vapor Trail products is going to hold up, you know, to the weather. So whatever but <laughs> it's just i mean nicely done you're gonna yeah shameless plug yeah uh, <laughs> uh but yeah besides the point it's just mm-hmm. she gets a little chilly but on a day like today it's just like yes this is so nice a little bit of a breeze coming through yeah i'd, I'd be all cold in the bottom of the blind right now same mm-hmm. I, i'm just thinking of it right now yeah oh man my old my old double bull i i've rode out some thunderstorms in that thing, <laughs> oh yeah like yep. just 
zip it up, close it up quick. And I'm like, you know, you can't really see what's going on outside, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I, there might be a tornado really close yes. to me. And you get a little bit of water that drips in through the top. Otherwise it's all good. And then pretty soon you just open up that flap and it's like a Disney movie, you know, <laughs> the deer come out yeah. and you hear yeah. that little but- butterflies song. and yeah. little finches. Yeah. yeah. No turkeys though. Yeah. Ever. No. Mm-hmm. Stupid turkeys. <laughs> yeah. I hate turkeys. Yeah. It's like I was saying that that whole tree line thing, man, they, they are educated birds when it goes to public land. It's just nuts. It's pressure. And, yeah. yeah. And then the one day you go set up down here, they run across the field back and forth for an hour straight mm-hmm. where you're not. It's just like, come on. Yep. One of these days it'll fall in place. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Johnny and I were joking about this the other day. So, you know, back in the 1900s when, uh, <laughs> when, when I first started getting into bow hunting, uh, I watched a video called So You Want to Be a Bow Hunter. It was by H.S. Strutt. Yeah. And they also had one, so you want to be a turkey hunter. Uh, and But I, th- that's one Can't of the things that they talk about. Thanks. <laughs> that's one of the things that they talk about is uh, just, you know, being mindful of having <clears throat> barriers between you and the birds because they can get hung up on some of the dumbest stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, but you, in most places you can't avoid it. You know, you yeah. just got to take a chance. And Yeah. No, I, I, I put a stock on one on Sunday and. God, they, they have x-ray vision, man. Yes. And, and I had to go into the worst spot. It's just these tall stands of pine trees, you know, mm-hmm. very open underneath those. And I'm just like holding up against this tree. Like he won't see me. He's got a couple yeah. small ones. And I saw his head go behind the tree. And, you know, that's, I think I was telling you, Rick, I'm like, just cause I can't see his head doesn't mean he doesn't have a good angle yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I got all to like here and he just brings his head up. Does that little cluck, you know, it, mm-hmm. that, that little putt. And then he just, whoosh. I'm out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm out. Yep. Oh, dang it! Here we go again. Yeah. Stupid turkeys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tis the season. They can't I all just, be like Matt Dykes and John Becker here. So. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, Dykes crushes me when it comes to turkeys. I don't even. Yeah. Know, I don't even. That blow. What blows my mind about that is he does. I don't know. Maybe kills twenty a year. Oh god, is that too many? I don't think so. And he's already and spot and stock, bro. Like I've chased him all over South Dakota, and I cannot get. I just, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if he's using a blind or what. He stopped in just recently, and we were asking him because he got off his little turkey tour, and we're like, you know, what one stands out the most to you? And um, I think he obviously the oscillated. You know, that's to complete his world slam. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what it was. One of the big slams, but. Um, then he's saying the Osceola, but I didn't even ask. So you're telling me he's spotting stocks to my knowledge. That's wow. And he takes poke shots too. Like he, he I need can to get better. <laughs> he can launch. <laughs> Holy hell. So hopefully we can get him on the podcast sometime and he can elaborate Please a little explain. bit more on that. But yeah, <laughs> he, um, he does not get a near enough credit for, for what he skill does. set yeah. that he has because there's yeah. not a lot of people that can do that and he just loves it like yeah. it's yeah. he lives eats sleeps and breathes it and i i'm completely the opposite like everybody's getting all pumped up about turkey hunting and all i can think about is fall <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this is i think the only thing that bridges me to fall now i mean yeah. for 20 something years i don't know what i was doing but i mean i was we were doing food plots and whatever you do in the spring get ready for yeah. fall but I was just like, ah, whatever, birds. But now this year, you guys all know how I was. I, I actually had a 
not really a bet, but internally with like John, I'm like, I'm going to be the first person <laughs> on Vapor Trail to get a bird this year. And yeah, our buddy over at Wildlife Research sends us a text, I think opening day. Yeah. That like his son got one, Tom yeah. Carroll. And then, yep. uh, God, who else? I don't know. A, a mound of people beat me before I could even, you know. Yeah. Well, I think so. Dykes had sent a couple pictures. Oh, yeah. So we Dykes knew he was, was yeah, he was already done. <laughs> yeah. So, and I know Mello was out. I don't know if he ever got his, but he was sending no. pictures too. And then Johnny shot his. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think you did anything. You just kind of, you just sent a picture of it being dead. I'm like, understood. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> understood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, not good. <laughs> I was, so I took Emma to like Lowe's or something. We had to get, pick something up and I stopped the car and I just buzzed through my messages real quick. And I saw I had one from Johnny and, and it said, uh, Turkey one, Johnny zero. <clears throat> and that was it. And I think that was a group text to all of us. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or maybe I don't no, I think it was to you and Wood, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so either way I was like, Oh, bummer. And so I'm like, respond to him. I was like, Oh man, that's too bad. You know, I don't know, probably said something smart, smart alecky yeah. or something. I don't know. And then, and then I checked the next message and here it's, he's got a bird down. I was like, what? <laughs> two, two hours apart. Yeah. So, cause what happened there? You had one come in or. Yeah. Well, when I came in, I'd been scouting these birds all spring. Well, not all spring, probably, you know, three weeks worth of scouting uh, because we couldn't get into the field because of the snowpack, oh, yeah. you know? So, but the birds are pretty pretty religious out there on their patterns you just got to know which pattern it is there on because it kind of changes you know every few weeks and uh so i go sneaking in there on a sunday afternoon to go hunting i had a pretty good idea where they were going to be so i just drove my truck down the shelter belt and there's one little uh two track that cuts through to the back field and i stopped my truck and snuck out and kind of just stuck my head in the field and lo and behold 75 yards down the field running the tree line here's half a dozen toms half a dozen hens are all out there just playing around i'm like oh geez, so i just backed up pulled everything out of the truck quick actually set up on the opposite side of the shelter belt from the field they were in so that i could shoot the two track belly crawled out slapped my decoys out there and then just backed my truck up 50 yards along the shelter belt and came back and jumped in the blind and you know i was kind of looking with the binoculars and stuff i couldn't see them i didn't know if i spooked them off or if they just naturally went about their merry little way and i was like all right whatever so sitting there and of course you know being an idiot admit that wholeheartedly you know of course i'm all in black black hood black gloves you know shirt everything like that so just being an idiot bored checking on things and just sitting there on my phone like this and and literally from here to the wall away comes two birds drop down in full strut that i never even saw them, never nothing came cruising by the blind the one actually had to pick its claw up to go over the tie cord that I'd put down to stake the blind down. So of course, instead of having my bow in my hand, I got my phone in my hand. I'm like, maybe I should just throw this stupid turkey. (laughs) So, uh, so truth be told, I, you know, completely airballed on that one. That's why the message was, Mm -hmm. you know, turkeys one Johnny, nothing is because I was totally unprepared in the respect that I wasn't in the mindset for a shot. You know, I'm, I'm not an Olympic archer. I may be an Olympic what? skier, but I'm not yeah, an Olympic no. archer. Um, and I have my progression that I have to go through. And if I don't go through it, 
I, there's no point in me even taking the shot, even though I will, because I'm a dork that way. But <laughs> I know if I don't have my certain rhythm that I do to get comfortable to get down to my pin, chances are it's not going to work out good. And just the whole fluster of, you know, literally having two 10-inch long beards, you know, three feet out of the blind with me not even having my bow in my hand. By the time I could drop my phone, slink down, grab my bow, get back up, realize they're still there, you know, and at that point, the whole mental execution of, okay, John, do this, do this, do this. Yeah, at that point in time, it was more instinctive shooting where it's like, (laughs) and just basically let the arrow go. So, yep, yep. You know, but, uh, you know, it was no harm, no foul. You know, uh, it grazed the one uh, as far as feathers. I didn't catch anybody at all. And uh, they could care less. They walked off naturally. They never spooked. They never putted. They never nothing, you know. And then it was probably, yeah, about two hours later, they just kept doing their big circle in the field where, uh, like I said, the hens, I actually saw the hens, they were coming up on the riverbank because where I hunt's right on the Mississippi, you guys know that. And uh, the hens were on the wrong side and I knew the toms had to be with them. And I'm like, well, if I don't get the hens over here, the toms are going to go along that riverbank. And if they go along that riverbank, at least for this moment, I'm not going to get a shot opportunity. You know, they'll circle around again. But for this pass, you know, I won't get an opportunity. So I laid on the hens and finally got one of the hens to answer me where we basically just got in a little, you know, chat ourselves. Yeah. And finally she got pissed at me where she came across the field and then it was probably couldn't have been five minutes this time I was prepared for it I'm like if they came over here and as they were in my decoys the hens I kept on seeing the one that I was calling with she'd kind of look my way where the calls were coming and all of a sudden she'd go and kind of look down the shelter belt line and I'm like oh I guarantee all six of them toms are coming down (laughs) that line on my side so I already had my bow in hand and everything and had kind of prepped myself that don't be an idiot go through your mental progression John don't lose your mind and yeah, it couldn't have been a couple minutes after that. I could just, before they broke into the opening, you could just see the top two, three inches of their fans where there was three, four of them in full strut just coming down the shelter belt line. And I'm like, so. But the only thing mind tingling about that is, is, you know, now I've got, at that point now, I've got four hens and six toms ranging from three yards out of the blind to 17 yards out of the blind where getting to full draw i've hunted out of blinds enough i know i can do a backflip in there and they're not going to see me Mm -hmm. but it's still just you know the mental games in your head where it's like all right i got like you know 20 some sets eyes looking at me right now Hmm. so but they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Blind did what they were supposed to do, and fortunately, I did what I was supposed to do. So, <laughs> good job, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Good were job. you running a, a box call to get that call way out there then? Or uh, I throw everything I can at them. Yeah. I, I mean, I do use box calls. Um, I obviously use diaphragm calls. Yeah. Slate calls, I prefer slate calls when they're closer. Yeah. You know, it's just because they're, to me anyway, they're not as overpowering. Yeah, you can get them pretty soft. I know, yeah. like, diaphragms you can, and that's only yeah. what I run, but again, yeah. that shows to everyone how new I am. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't know about an $80 box call. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try, like, a Quaker boy for, like, 12 bucks or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I know a, a box call is needed, though, because, you know, there's days, like, 
if Sam and I do go out, oh my God, you can just get that out there, you know, just turn that box over and go. Otherwise with the diaphragm, it's like you're blowing your lungs off and maybe the reed folds over wrong. It's like, hey, I just sounded really stupid. So. Well, and I don't know if this is right or wrong. Again, this is Johnny's mind of turkey hunting is to me, I've always been able to get a box call out there further where if right. you got a bird two, 300 yards out, it just seems that that box call has got a little bit more grit to it or amplification yeah. or i don't know what the you know what it is it but it just gets out there more where i tend to have a better reaction at those long distances uh you know and uh, again if you're really desperate and need to get their attention if you really lay on a box call and just make it actually just really hard i mean it hurts your ear yeah. in the blind when you do that but again a turkey that's at a distance that it hasn't reacted to a mouth call it hasn't reacted to a slave call it hasn't reacted to anything it's so far out there just crank on that box call really hard it's once well. just to make sure if he actually is hearing you right you know and i've i've had birds respond to that yeah I've killed birds doing that so i've so. ran into that plenty of times this year where they're out there mm -hmm. and I'm, you know i'm sitting there with the diaphragm but i'm like Go, doing like one of these things where it's like, you know, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully he hears me because I don't have a box call. But yep. that was a mid-morning hunt too, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, the when the first two came by that I missed, uh, that was yeah probably about ten thirty maybe. Yeah, that's what sounds Ten forty-five. Right. I think I was sitting mm -hmm. in a field. Yeah. Up around Cambridge, yeah, you were. And I was watching one. Yeah. Strut around with eighteen hundred hens, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna pull one with no decoy. Yep. Yeah. Right. And then I, <laughs> and then I think it was, it was like two o'clock, two thirty, when I shot that one. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a and there were birds around the whole time. I mean, as far as, you know, you talk about laying down, taking a nap in the blind, at, no matter what direction I looked for the entire time I was out there. Now, granted, some of them were at a distance that I right. couldn't do anything with, or they were hens that had no toms with them. So I wasn't going to, you know, try to pester them too badly. Um, you know, but it was exciting in the respect that I always had something going on. So, yeah, that's sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to go back to like what you were talking about, you know, about like expensive calls and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, folks feel free to, uh, you know, argue with me on this one. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm obviously not an expert in the field. I got lucky twice. So, um, but I've heard some Jakes make some really ridiculous noises <laughs> <laughs> where you're, where I'm like, that could not have been a real turkey. It you was. Know? And then here he comes popping up over. I'm like, wow, that whole, you know what I mean? So I don't think that n not being really good at calling could is necessarily going to hurt your chances. Okay. You know? Agree wholeheartedly. So, uh, just do it. You know, cause yeah. I, when I first started turkey hunting, I was like scared to call. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I'm terrible at this. I don't know what I'm doing. You know? And so, but the, the more time you spend out there, the more you hear the sounds that they make and you right. kind of start to understand. And then, yep. uh, and again, I, I used to run around and spend a ton of time in the turkey woods and I, I don't as much anymore because I, my time is limited. So I try to, you know, put it in places where I enjoy uh, the hunt and that's not turkeys so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love hunting with my buddy, Travis, you know, and so that's one of the big reasons why I like to why I try to just get out at least for a couple of days, you know, cause it, it is, and it's fun to listen to everybody's stories too. And, and heck if I can get one, I mean, I got lucky and got one. Well, I, maybe I wouldn't say lucky, but I think it was, you know, we had a pretty good plan and we got it done last year. So that was pretty cool. I got my bird last year, Travis didn't. And then now we're vice versa this year. So, yep. um, 
but either way, it's I, once I get out there, it's always just super fun, you know. And I, I had the weirdest encounter this year with a with a turkey. I of all the times I've been out, it, this was very bizarre. So weather was terrible, like we had talked about before. Nothing was gobbling. I think we heard one gobble the first morning. That was it. Rain pretty much the entire time. So one afternoon, we're kind of coming out. And we're going, we're, we're going through these planted um, spruce trees, rows of these planted spruce trees. And there's like some openings here and there, you know, and, and some uh, open grass fields. And we're coming across and all of a sudden Travis goes, what is that? <clears throat> and I look over and you can just see, you know, it just looks like a trash bag, just like sitting out there in the middle of the open. And uh, so we look in our binoculars and we're like, man, it, we're debating. Like he thought it was a, a turkey vulture. And I was like, yeah, it kind of does look like a turkey vulture. And it's just sitting there, this turkey or this bird just sitting there, you know, it's got its head tucked way back in the feathers, you know, so all you could see was just a little bit of its face. And um, then all of a sudden it kind of started to move a little bit and then it shook off and it was, it was raining. So you could, you know, it was kind of hard to see a little bit, you know, you had some of that rain in between us Mm -hmm. to where it kind of blurred him a little. And anyway, all of a sudden he starts to move. I'm like, my God, that is a turkey. <laughs> and I'm like, how is it that he's still standing there? I mean, we're standing in a wide open looking through our binoculars at this thing. And I couldn't believe that it hadn't bolted yet, which was completely bizarre. I've never, you know, because usually they see you before yeah. you see them. I yep. mean, by the time you get your binos up and you're looking through They're them gone. and you find it, it's already gone, you mm-hmm. know. So <clears throat> anyway, so I'm like, we formulate a plan. I'm like, here, I'm going to get in these trees. And then you go back, you know, behind me 15 yards and call, see if we can get them to come by. And so we tried this out and nothing's really happening. And he walks up to me and he goes, yeah, he's kind of walking away from us, but he's limping. And I was like, oh, really? And so then I get the binoculars on him again and he, he's injured. I don't know what, yeah, you know, I don't know what did it, but coyote or if maybe he was shot at, <clears throat> who knows, but he's just sitting there out in the middle of the open, you know, probably trying to make sure that he can see, you know, if something's coming at him, but he's just sitting out there in the wide open, not moving at all. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, me being a terrible turkey hunter, we tried to formulate a plan and get on them and blew it and <laughs> it flew away and can't even kill a wounded turkey so <laughs> with a shotgun, no less. So, um, but it was crazy because he, it was chilling in this field and it was, there was, I mean, I don't know, there had to have been 20, um, 20 like bird poop spots or turkey poop spots all over the place. So he's just been hanging out yeah. in this open field <laughs> all day, you know. So just bizarre, one of the craziest things. Yeah, it's weird. I, I wish I'd have killed him. That'd have been kind of cool. Say if but. a coyote doesn't get him by next time you're up there, yeah, gonna have to take care of him. Yeah, we we try to go back. I I went back in there in the evening and and tried, but evenings are tough, man. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I wonder if it's even worth being out there. That's <laughs> where I come in. <laughs> nope. <laughs> in my experience, no. I mean there here and there but man every time i've sat this year for an evening hunt it's just like why am i here yeah you know like evening I, hunts you got to be between point a and point b with point no b kidding. being the roost yeah if you're anywhere else you ain't gonna get them i have the one spot where we found his roost tree and i'm like i might like if i do anything i'm setting up 10 yards from it mm-hmm. no kid like no mm-hmm. line right under it because that's like <laughs> the only chance that would keep me out there in the mm-hmm. evening otherwise no i mean i like you know, I've seen them around that midday hour and whatnot. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Geez, I mean, <clears throat> evening's tough. I like going in the mornings. You can hear them. You can see where they are moving and everything. But yep. yeah, it, it's just awesome 
hearing them just go off <laughs> super far away from yeah. you, you know, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> and to also give myself a little credit here, I've hunted a lot of days, but that's the other thing that I, I really do feel like, cause when Sam was texting me today, it was like 1130 mm. at those toms. I think right, like right now, where are we like early mid May? Mm-hmm. I think right now you gotta be there after they're breeding, like done breeding for the morning. Oh yeah. Because I don't know how many birds I could potentially kill. If I could stay out there from like 10 to noon, <laughs> but my shift starts at 10. So mm-hmm. I'm hunting every single morning till about mm-hmm. nine o'clock and kissing the buzzer, you know, on where I can be out there. And it's like right at, you know, right when they're getting out of the roost, good chance. Mm-hmm. Then from about then, you know, six to eight, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Then about eight thirty to nine. It's like, Johnny, uh, I've got one coming, but you know, my car's that way. <laughs> so, you know, I think that mid morning would be perfect, but it's like, God, they're just, they know when I leave. Yeah. I think they must like, they're probably talking to you guys. You guys Maybe. tell them I come, I have to leave by nine. So they just come <laughs> to the field at nine. I don't know. <laughs> it's just terrible. At, at nine forty five, gobble right behind them. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he's yeah. leaving and you're coming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know I've been over here bah, hum, bah humbugging turkey hunting this whole time, but I will say that it, it is a really cool opportunity to get kids out um, just oh, yeah. because I've, you know, I've gotten coat out a couple of times. It's nice to be able to sit in a blind and, you, you know, if it's going to rain or something like that, you can, and then you can get away with the movement and everything. And I, I got my daughter out uh, mm-hmm. one day, which was kind of cool. You know, she's two and a half, you know, so I just figured, well, okay, so I got her Bluetooth headphones and put an iPad in her hand and she <laughs> yep. watched, a, watched a movie, you know, and again, it was an evening hunt. So, but still it was, it was, it was a ton of fun. You know, she was all excited to jump yeah. into a blind. And, um, I, when I was packing everything up, like I, I look up and she's over there like spinning the decoys, you know, <laughs> and just like having a blast with them and, and then like holding them and petting them and stuff. And uh-huh. like, well, I don't know if that's good, but, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so there's that. You know, like it, when she comes of age where she'll, you know, be able to tolerate it more and hopefully she enjoys it. I, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't, that is what it is, but that'll definitely get me in the woods a lot more. Yeah. And I think like you're saying for kids, I mean, turkey hunting is definitely easier way to go. I mean, it's decent weather like today. Mm -hmm. I mean, the mornings suck. I mean, (laughs) Jeremiah was saying like his daughter, she's not so sure about, you know, 4 a.m., but it's like, I can get behind that. But I mean, if you can nail down a spot like you've got, you know, Mm -hmm. where you can go out there at nine instead, you know, that helps. But yeah, it's way easier, you know, because if you have to, you just fall down in the blind and take a nap. Yep. I've done that. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. nice. Deer hunting is just like, how cold are we going to get today? Yeah. Hopefully I don't fall off the tree. Yeah. You know? (laughs) No, it is great for getting the kids involved. I mean, that's how I got Sarah involved. Yeah. You yeah. know, some of her hunts when she was really young before she was shooting a bow. I mean, they were priceless hunts. I had a blast, you know, and it got her hooked on it where, you know, once she was old enough to shoot a bow, she did. And all of a sudden she started killing more turkeys than I did for a few years. So, in fact, she's upset with me for the bird I killed this year because I didn't even tell her <laughs> oh, I was right. going. I just packed up that day and went out all by myself. So when I shot it, she's like, you didn't even tell me you were going turkey. And I'm like, yeah, because you would have shot it then. Yeah. It's dad's turn to kill a turkey this year, kid. Yeah. yeah. So She had last year. Yeah, she got that one last year. Get out of here. So, <laughs> yep, exactly. My turn. Yeah. So. Yeah, we didn't. It, when I first moved here is kind of when I started to get into doing some of the turkey hunting and stuff and where I grew up 
up in you know Polk County in Crookston. I didn't. I'd never even seen a turkey. I didn't know turkeys were even wild in Minnesota mm-hmm. when I was growing up. You know, and they were reintroduced. I think. I don't know, and somebody can fact check me on this, but I, I imagine it was sometime when I was in college, probably the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And now they're thriving up there. I see them all the time. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, man, that would have been cool, you know, as I was growing up. Because, you know, everybody was goose hunting and duck hunting, and I wasn't really into that. You know, I'd like to walk trails and grouse hunt and stuff like that from time to time. But, um, you know, just never had the opportunity for turkey hunting. It just didn't really exist up there. No. Yeah, and your time period's about right. It was early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s that did a concerted effort to, yeah, transplant some birds yep. up there and did really well, yeah, obviously. Well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see them, but not as, not as much as I see them down here. Well, no, no. That's also could be just because, I don't know, you know, there's so many open fields up there. It's all farm fields and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's, they're probably isolated in groups in the woods and stuff like that. a lot but, of wolves up there too. Yep. And I was trying to look it up, but for whatever reason, I can find when they were unsuccessfully reintroduced up there, <laughs> but mm. I'm not finding when they put them back up there. But, well, and I know um, winters are really tough, Yeah, you know, for them up there. And I think, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, just the one, that one year they started, they, they survived a winter and they, they well, adapted. Well, when was the... <clears throat> Big flood too. That was early nineties, wasn't that it? That was ninety seven. Ninety seven. Because 90. I know I can't remember if they had started at that point, but I know there were a lot of areas, wildlife areas that obviously they were underwater for yeah. How long and how deep that you know, that impacted a lot of oh. that stuff. So yeah. I don't know if that if that the case in turkeys, but Could it wouldn't be. shock me. Yeah. I mean, the one or two they had up there, if they didn't have <laughs> inner tubes, they were dead. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> Floating turkeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a crazy deal. There, yeah. that was. I got out of school to sandbag. Yeah. To put up sandbag walls, the river was right in my backyard. That's was my this... company I worked for sent us up there to go do the same thing. Yeah. So was mm-hmm. this the Red River? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah the okay. Red River. Yeah. Wow, that must have been pretty full. Oh, dude, it was, it, it, got to, it got to the point where, so what you do is they lay down this like, you know, plastic, right? And then you start stacking sandbags up, you know, but you got to start with a row of seven and then six, then five, you know, you got to build, you know, you can't just stack them. Yeah. yeah. You can't just stack them one on top of each other. They're not going to do anything. And then what they do is, and they pull the plastic over the top, right? Well, there was a point where there was, there was a, a line of people like holding that plastic up because the water was starting to come over the sandbags. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there was a, cause there was a ice dam uh, yeah. on a bridge just outside of town. And so they had cranes in there where they were just like, you know, they said these big, huge, like I beams on the end of them. And they were just trying to bust up that ice yeah. and try to try to get the water Open moving. The mm-hmm. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, the whole thing just breaks through and we just watched the water drop. Like, a foot instantly and then it slowly started to recede it was crazy yeah jeez what i missed out on man yeah and i was just a little <laughs> now tyke. it's just global warming so. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been like that though every year up yeah. there it, there's always this fear of flooding and the house i grew up in now they ripped it down they tore down all those houses on that block built up the levees um well i missed the halloween blizzard though too like i, I missed all this oh uh, that was a riot yeah you guys had some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, me. 30 inches of snow in 24 hours. Oh, my God. 
bizarre definition yeah. of fun, but it was, it was fun. Ridiculous. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to shovel. That was my job to shovel the sidewalks, man. And I remember throwing snow like way up. And then we had to have like people would put these little um, bright foam balls on the antenna of their car. Oh, yeah. And you could just see those things going by like just <laughs> above the snow banks. Yep. Just because otherwise you couldn't see if a car was coming. Yeah. Oh, my God. So you walk out in the street. And get we almost got to that point this year. I swear to God. Like, at least Anoka oh, County, so- they were so slow on clearing these, like, the side roads. Is yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I'm halfway out in the intersection just to see if one guy's coming from the right. Right. Yeah, like, some of the back roads by stop signs and stuff like that. It was like, all right, stop and just slowly eke out a foot, a foot, just to see if anybody's coming. Yeah. I, so I can't imagine back then, my God, when it actually snowed. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of snow. Yeah. It so. was, and it snows up up there where I grew up a lot more than it does down here. Yeah. Right. You know? Yep. Um, I think it was... God, wasn't that even that long ago? It was two weeks ago or something like that. I think they got a couple oh, five, six inches of snow up there. Yeah. We didn't get nothing down here, yep. thankfully. I think it just rained. It was probably those two days it rained while I was turkey hunting. Yeah, it yeah, was. They got <laughs> snow up there. It was. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just. Well, I'm glad because uh, I put those shovels away after that one day. When, when there was literally no chance I could make it into work, I said, I'm done with this winter, man. I threw those shovels in the back and said, done. Well, wait a minute. Where were you when we got the 20 inches of snow that I had to plow the sidewalk oh, over man. there? I was sitting in Mexico. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, cry me a river, yeah. pal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was. <laughs> and Sonata was amazing. Sitting, <laughs> sitting in the nice weather and then what do i do to go on vacation i go up north where it's even colder yeah yeah that's what i do swing a hammer and some hot steel <laughs> good good planning on your part yeah <laughs> wonderful weather mm-hmm. uh, mm, cool so. yeah yeah so what's your game plan turkey on the rest of your, what are you gonna try to do other than kill, I don't know. I didn't wake up this morning. You, you I, get, I woke up at three ten, and I was just like, "Man, do I go to Cambridge? Do I go to my other spot where I've been fighting that dude? Like, <laughs> ah, I don't know where to go, man." And and even if someone was to be there or not be there, yeah, there is a new car there now. Where I'm like, "How many birds are gonna get killed out there?" That spot is amazing because there's like three hens to you know four. Well. Let's just say it's a three to one ratio, Tom's to hens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a really good ratio. Up in Cambridge, it's like reverse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really bad where it's good in one respect if you can get all those hens in. Yeah. But this spot where I had that one the one day where that guy came in and busted me, it's like I can be I can pretend to be a hen and these toms just come right in. Yeah. So I wanna be there, but it's like, okay, how many are dead now? <laughs> yeah. So I mean I don't know if it's really worth me wasting a morning there. It's mm-hmm. a shorter drive, so of course I wanted to do I want to do that, but right. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I, <laughs> get get past this weekend and see what happens on the promised land, and maybe drag you two out there and right. Yeah, see, I mean, see what kind of chaos like we said, can create. I'm not trying to be the stubborn guys. Just like, and I don't know. I don't want to be like public land hunter. Like whatever. I just. I don't know. I want to do it and try and do it myself. Mm-hmm. Show I can do it. Yeah, but, dude. Uh, she's tough. So, <laughs> well, um, public land or private land, you still got to execute. Right. You still well, got to take the shot and hit the bird. There's, so I'm just thinking, like, if I had a weekend, but you know, I have. It's just I have some personal stuff going on. So it's mm-hmm. just like every day that I get a chance to fully be out there, it's like 
I gotta go do this now. Yeah. Um, and then that's when the birds come out. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, if I could just have a full day mm-hmm. just to sit out there, it'd be mint. But I don't know. I, I'm bouncing between those two public spots, but yeah. I don't know. I I'd like to try an evening hunt, I guess, underneath that roost. Otherwise I have a game plan in my pocket where I get up like I did today, instantly leave, get out there four in the morning, literally set up in the woods where they roost. Mm-hmm. Risk it all, I guess. <laughs> and just hope. I mean, because uh, uh, the other thing is, like, the guys that have been hunting this other spot, yeah, they're not going near as far as I am. I'm going to the back corner, you know, way back in there, and which is dumb because it's not like turkeys hide themselves like deer. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like when we're out west, like, you got to walk a long ways where you might find something. Turkeys tell everyone where they are. Yeah. But every time I've had people, they're not even close to where I am and where they are. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, th- I think that's the plan right now. A morning hunt is going to be way in there, right underneath them, yeah. land on me. You know? mm-hmm. And if, if they don't, then I, I'm throwing my hands up. And then Strangle maybe an it. evening hunt, then eventually private. So. <laughs> 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 and just uh, tip my cap. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, season F is coming up here pretty quick. 17th. Don't yeah. remind me. So that's when it opens back up again for me, and I don't know. See if I can make a few things happen. I got some options. I don't know. Like yeah. I was telling Johnny too. I thought about talking to Nathy and see because a morning um, hunt yeah. like during the week, I could probably pull off. Weekends don't work. Uh, yeah. But <clears throat> um, you know, and then you know, my buddy Charles, you know, he's he offered to take me out you know, during the F season too. So, and there's good chance I'll, I'll get one. He's, he's called in several birds for me and I always choke. <laughs> and, uh, but with a shotgun. I was going to say, not with a shotgun though. No. And I, I don't know. He might not let me use one though. Yeah. Just because yeah. that's his, he, that's his thing too. He, he wants to do it with a bow. I mean, yep. like I said, I, with the shotgun, this, these spots I've been, you could, you could take out. I don't know where you've been going. Like, I know where you've been going, but I don't know how it is up there. Are the birds pretty heavy up there, or you just gotta find the right spot? There's there's a good amount of there's a good amount of birds, but there's also a lot of pressure too, you uh-huh. know, because it's it's public. But right, um, you know, again, I killed a bird last year. Travis killed a bird this year, uh, you know, and Jeremiah, you know, he he's familiar with the area, yeah, and he doesn't hunt it, but he's got other spots, you know, right. But he, you know, he's always asking me too. He's curious about how you know if I'm seeing a lot of hunters, and honestly. I don't see very many hunters at all. Uh, you know, I'll see them kind of parked in some spots, but then it's also an area where a lot of people just go out and camp. Yeah. Right. You know, cause the campgrounds aren't open yet. And so, and people like to get out really early. Yeah. And so we came across, you know, probably four or five vehicles. They weren't even there hunting. They were just there camping. You know, they really? just park their vehicle and they hike in, you know, That's 30, cool. 30, 40 yards and just pitch a tent, you know? So there's yeah. that too. But so I, I don't know, you know, they were just gobbling like crazy last year. And then, um, even during like the last season, I tried to take Coda out and I was able to call some birds and then I, I blew it because I didn't estimate how far away they were. And we ended up just setting up right underneath them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it, you know, they, I busted them out of the roost. And so that was pretty much the end of that. But I mean, it was end of the season, you know, and they were still making noise and still plenty of birds out there. So, mm-hmm. right. um, you know, I, 
I could probably go out there again too and, and, and give a crack at it. And there's a couple other public spots up by me where if I could get out there in the morning, they might produce something as well. But again, I don't know the public land. That's tough, man. There's a mm -hmm. lot of pressure. So just, it, you gotta be really good at calling. I think there's that. And then just understanding, should I put a decoy out? Should I not put a decoy out? Yep. I just don't have enough experience to really know which decision to make. It seems like every decision I make is the wrong one. Well, yeah, and <laughs> truth that. of the matter is, even if you do know, they can change your mind so quickly right. that you do the right thing and it still doesn't matter. Right. So, yeah. so I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure even the best hunters run into issues like that. Oh, yeah. At the same time, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, still time spent out in the woods, too. Oh, yeah. So. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm-hmm. I think about the only time you get to clear your head and <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that's nice. Good de-stress. You know, exactly. Out there. Yeah. I got to try to get my wife out more too. Cause she, she hates, like, she's just got something with birds. She's not a, unless it's an owl, mm -hmm. she wants an owl. She would love to have a pet owl. <laughs> Other than that, she hates all birds. Perfect. <laughs> she, they can die. Perfect. Okay. So yeah. I think turkey's right up her alley. Yeah. I did get her out the one time out at Nathie's. Oh, we yeah, that's any, right. We just didn't see any birds that one morning. Yep. But, um, yeah, I got her in the, the old Sitka ninja suit, and we <laughs> nice. sat in the blind one morning. It was fun. <laughs> Hopefully we can do it again. It's just with Emma being the age that she is, it's a little it's a little tough. You yeah. Know? We don't, she doesn't have grandparents to watch her either, so we have to rely on our sisters, and mm. we only have one apiece up here. So. Yep. Yeah. She's busy with shiny objects. Oh, yeah, shiny objects. <laughs> Here we go. Totally almost forgot about that. Uh-oh. So, yeah, every episode. <laughs> <brought it> up. <laughs> yeah. Every episode we're going to have a, a segment called Shiny Objects and I'm kind of stealing this from a from a, another podcast that I listen to. Um, but uh, I thought it was kind of a cool thing to get on top of. We can, you know, talk about whatever whatever cool thing that's come out, whether maybe, maybe it's not so cool, but just whatever. And hopefully it's archery related. doesn't have to be, What's but, the buzz? Mm -hmm. uh, so I've got a few things, but Hollywood, I know you kind of got a little bit of a list there. So what do you, what, what's your current shiny object? I don't know. Well, I, well, <laughs> it, it runs into yours. I mean, the, uh, the big thing that was released in the last week, at least on some of the socials, is Easton's, what the heck do they call it? Their uniform spine or something like that? AccuCarbon. AccuCarbon. I mean, they've been running AccuCarbon for a while, but I think they're, are you Googling it? Yeah, I'm looking it up just to make sure that we get the terminology right. I want to say they're trying to essentially say you don't need to worry about spine with their arrows. and Not so much about spine, but being indexed or spine aligned Index, yeah on their arrows but i mean sorry matt stavaris but i've been shooting easton for a while <laughs> <laughs> and i still do it all the time there's still i don't know I, it doesn't really make me that much better i don't know but there's mm -hmm. still a spine there that i can find on a, a what do you want to call it a little dial caliper or yeah you know, the, mm -hmm. there's a little a little, little bit of a hump there yeah sometimes so too when i yeah when i find that i index it every single time fletch my arrows to it tune my broadheads to that i mean then i'll play with knock tuning if the arrow needs you know if it's still flying a little goofy but um 
you know, maybe I missed the spine exactly with mm -hmm. the component tree that I'm using, but I still always index on my Easton's. And again, mm -hmm. whether that really got me my 350 X, who knows? I mean, right. you gotta be able to shoot a bow first. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the reason why they're bringing it up though is because victory is pulling ahead. Um, Matt Stavarius, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're doing really well, at least, um, in the pro shop here. Um, we sell probably three to one, four to one. I was going to say four to one. I mean, there's a lot of victory going out the door. And I I think a big thing is, you know, social media has got victory hyped up pretty good. You mm -hmm. know, people like Crispy doing the YouTube comparison videos. You've got, I don't know, there's DIY, bow hunter, you know, precision, mm -hmm. whatever, precision archery. Or, I don't know. There's Adams. inside out precision. Precision. That's oh. what it is. You know, all these YouTube guys are running victory stuff here or there. We're mentioning it. I think it helps. But like Rick and I were saying, it helps. They victory comes with it, spine aligned. Right. So it cuts out having to do the extra work of okay, now I need this extra tool or machine. And there's different ways. I'm sure at home you can find the spine. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, at least for us, Botex like up front helping a guy you don't have to do any spine alignment stuff with victories you literally just peel and right out of the box they're already spine aligned and indexed um whereas the Easton's, who knows mm -hmm. um and if you're getting just a set of bare shafts now we have to index all those ourselves mm -hmm. um, whereas victory they come indexed you can just fletch them right to it boom you're done yep. so i think they're trying to be relevant again because i i referenced that to our rep for Easton, brad i was just like you know i've shot Easton a lot, mm -hmm. you know, for most of my career. Um, and I really love them, but I just, the sales aren't really there right now. Like everyone you see on social media is running victory. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, maybe the component stuff helps that victory is selling a lot of, you know, different components with them, but I know Easton is starting to do that. And I don't know. I think that might just be why they brought it up. It's just, you know, Hey, look, you know, we can do, Here's our spine. Don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Right. But, and I know they're, the way they're doing their carbon is a little bit different, too. They're not doing a – I think the normal traditional is like a weave or a wrap where Easton's doing poltrusion, they call it. Yeah. Basically pulling out the carbon. But um, that's my biggest thing right now. I'm just like, I don't know. I still index them, still run it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it, again, really makes a huge difference. But yeah, I guess now I, we, we could find out. I mean, if it's, if it's true – uh, you know, and I can't, you know, obviously it'd be interesting to find out like at what point did they start doing that? Because yeah. I've got injections, they don't make those anymore. And the only, and I'm still, sh I've got like four dozen of them because <laughs> I bought a ton of them way back in the day. And well, I, I say way back in the day, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago, something like that. <clears throat> but, um, you know, they definitely have, you know, they have an indexing point whereas you know, you would want to have everything lined up properly. You want to have them all indexed properly so they come out of the bow the same. And if if they're newer arrows or, you know, are what they say it is, and, and it's AccuCarbon, I, I don't know if that's what I said before, yep. but uh, AccuCarbon uniform spine is what they call it. And if that is the case, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, but at what point did they start doing that? And then how, how do we, how can we, I want to test it. I want to find right. out, yep. you know? Yeah. Cause I'm, um, I'm not super knowledgeable on it. I just know I saw their 
thing and I didn't really read a ton into it, but if that's what they're essentially, that's how I'm taking mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I've got some fresh four mil long range arrows that I got last year and I still indexed all those. There was still mm -hmm. a spine on one side and the other, the weak and strong and right in between. There's mm -hmm. nothing, there's yeah. a soft spot. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not really sure where they're going with it, but mm -hmm. that'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I do like that they're made in the USA. That's a, that's a big, yeah, that's huge. Um, that's a big selling point, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. And I think it's smart for them to, to hit that uh, as far yes. as the market goes, you know, but again, you know, we'll just have to see. I, I have, I have no need to buy any more arrows for a really long time <laughs> still. So I'm just going to keep shooting my old injections for as long as I can. You know, um, I just, you know, at this point in my life, I find a setup that works good and I'm just going to stick with it. You know, I, I yeah. used to really <laughs> love to get a new setup and, and tinker, but now I just don't simply just don't have the time. Really? Both of you guys saw my bow in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's stuck on their ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, if don't I didn't have always, always be tinkering, <laughs> if, if I didn't have to keep pulling the arrow rest off my bow for R and D yeah. purposes, I'd, oh I God. wouldn't have to, this, I'm going on tuning like number 12 now of tuning my bow because I have to keep pulling it off there. Yeah. Okay. In the last two months, R and D stuff. Again, to Johnny's point. Yeah. I work in the archery industry. You get to hunt a lot. Yeah. I work in the archery industry in a manufacturer standpoint. Yeah. You'll be test moving and testing your setup yeah. every month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. Oh, what do we got this week? Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's yeah. take this apart. Retune. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a joke, but yeah, it's that, fun. that's how I keep my bow in one piece is because he was, <laughs> possibly gonna r&d on a bow yeah. that old leave it at all yep Don't have to exactly it. we'll be fine john <laughs> what's your shiny object johnny oh gosh shiny object ultra view stable i know it's 13 percent. 13 percent. i yeah. i love marketing i love statistics <laughs> it's fun when they put them both together so yeah. but in all fairness i would like to explore that you know Oh, 100%. Yeah, you're so... You're so, talking to the vibration and yeah. 13%. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so UltraView just came out with a new set of stabilizers. And um, some of the stuff that Archery let down, uh, put out there, just had me cracking up. Oh, oh I haven't even seen them. I, I love, love that guy. Again, but. They come out with tubes that are more tubier. Yeah. Yeah, I saw um, that on Archery Talk. Tubier too. of the tubiest or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, and not to dog on UltraView because they make no, fantastic they, yeah. products. Yeah, no, they're um, good guys, great products. Love the sites, mm -hmm. love the releases. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it's just one of those things. So th the weight system is clever. Yep. I do like mm -hmm. that. Is it like um, a snap-in almost sort of thing? Or it's just like a quick well, weight adjust. Yeah, it's just your th the threads are integrated into the weight. Right. So you're not having to deal with one long bolt or a short bolt. or whatever. They're just... My daisy chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, aside from that though, I don't, I don't know, you know, uh, what serious advantage you're going to get, you know, the, the statistic yeah. of 13% stiffer. Is that what they claim? I think it was just vibration. Yeah. Vibration. No vibration. Like the, Cause then yeah. true ball came back. I'm not trying to start a fight here, but <laughs> I mean, it came ding. out like a day later. He said, days. she said, you know, we have less vibration or something. You know, it's just right one after yeah. another. Oh, you, you sent know. me that. What was it that you said? Yeah. That, that was, you're talking the true ball one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, we have less vibration or something like that. I mean, they're just going back and forth right now where, um, 
Wow, we talk way too much about turkeys. But okay, there I'm, I'm watching birds. You mean? <laughs> Bird watcher. Yep. Yeah, less vibration. Okay. Thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just R and D on their less vibration. Yep. But my big thing with Ultraview, where I just I can't help but laugh, is every one of us we're right in it. You know, every one of the stabilizer manufacturers, whether it's Trueball. Quattro. Um, stokerized. Yes. Yeah, yeah, stokerized to be clear with everyone. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ultraview, it's always like ultra high modular carbon or modulus carbon. It's like you realize everyone's using UHMC, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's what we're, uh, <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. like, and then even uh, the guy who sh- shall be unnamed when he started doing a new stabilizer setup, I think with Levi. Um, he said the same thing. They were. On that note, John's gonna go piss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> UV stabilizer is a high-performance stabilizer that delivers precision in every shot and power in every ounce. Thirteen percent stiffer. On average, yes, is thirteen percent stiffer than um, bars with similar diameters. Because that's what I wanted to look at. Because it's like, because we could come out and say that our stabilizer is twenty percent stiffer than you know, than just a raw tube. Yeah, what are you comparing it against? You know what I mean? So, again, specifically, what are we talking about? So that's where those numbers kind of make you giggle a little bit just because there's so many other factors, I feel like, that are involved. Um, And so, you know, stiffness is definitely something that people want, you know, lightweight, all those kinds of things. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, going back into the marketing side of things, you know, I'm sure they'll do well on them. Um, oh, just guaranteed. them being who they are. So, you know, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you uh, expand into that market? Johnny. So when I was looking at this, it does say, uh, it says on average UV stabilizers, 13% stiffer. And so again, to your point, I suppose that probably plays into vibration of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. By what metric are they basing that number and off of? That was the same thing that Bingo. I said to uh, you know, you know, once yeah. we put in some proprietary, you know, ground, yeah. you know, ground up cornflakes that we pour in there, <laughs> they're just more tubier, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those numbers are they add some relevance yes. to the advantages of the product, but yeah. no, yeah. I mean it's it's beautiful marketing and again great company i don't want to make it sound like i'm bashing on ultraview i think they're great guys great company but it's just always cute whenever a new product comes out like that and yeah they have some tested metric that they throw out there that uh, again what's your baseline 13 percent better than what you know you you didn't have a stabilizer before Correct? Am I wrong on that? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'm correct. Okay. So, but so you were comparing that to what? Yeah. What or who's? Yeah. But exactly. That's the other yeah. question is, you know, did you line up every single stabilizer in the market and you just rounded off that 13% was, you know, the stiffness better in all of them out there? Yeah. So. You all better bet we might be testing that. Yeah. At I least I would love to. Yeah. I mean, maybe not Ultraview specifically, but I know. Uh-huh. We've got other companies that we've looked at to test. 
So, yeah. I mean, it's just what you do in this industry, but oh, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting to see how much stiffer is stiffer. It's just as important to know as much about other people's products as it is your own. Yeah. So 100%. Mm-hmm. So we better ourselves. Yep. And 100%. <laughs> um, okay. So, so what's grinding your gears? nothing's grinding my gears right now um i but i and i because i am really excited here's a shiny thing that i want to talk about and Uh i had didn't have a whole ton of involvement with this it was mostly hollywood and and rory maybe i should let him talk about it but our brand spanking new vapor trail aero customizer we just reviewed it yesterday uh, just to go over you know some things with it make sure that all of the details are there that are necessary. And in my um, nitpicky way, I found a few things that I felt should, you know, um, should get changed, you know, probably splitting some hairs here and there. But I also mm-hmm. think it's pretty important that uh, we're accurately portraying the service that we can provide. And so um, I'm trying to see if I can bring it up here, but I don't know if I'm logged into the right account. I'm guessing well, not by the looks of that. I will say that, yes, there is a chance that I might be building people's videos <clears throat> now. Mm. We will see. But, yeah, it's exciting. Um, right now, I mean, we're going to be dealing with Victory and Easton the most. Um, and it's going to come with, let's see, we have wrap options, vein options mm-hmm. from most of the big vein manufacturers um, that are, I mean, there's so many now. They're yeah. as bad as stabilizers. I mean, there's so many veins. I didn't realize it until, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just insane. It's nuts. Uh, so the main big guys, uh, we do have, uh, obviously, other knock options if you want different colors. Um, I mean, it's all about customizability mm-hmm. you know, being the most, you know, biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, two big stereo lines. Right now, what it looks like, we've got... One, two, nine different victory arrow options, uh, five Easton options, and then obviously different spines in all of those. Yep. Yep. Um, you can have them cut to length. Uh, you can have us glue in your inserts, and you can choose either hot melt or two-part epoxy. Uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different wrap colors. And then I think with those colors, we're going to have a, a, a design, like a specific like Vapor Trail mm-hmm. design option with that. I think that was it, though, right? Just one design for now? I thought that's what it was. Wraps? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I left it out just because I didn't know if we wanted to throw that Easter egg in there. But um, the veins on those veins will have some VT branded ones. Oh, yes. Yep. That's possible. Um, um, coming soon. Yeah. And then... You have your choice between three fletch, four fletch. You've got um, AAE options, boning options, flex fletch options, mm-hmm. and vein colors. We're running one, two, three, four, five, six, seven colors. Well, there could be more to come because I know that thing's still under the works. Yeah, yeah. There's a few here, but because um, I don't see white. Well, there I see it. So several options and colors. <coughs> you'll be able to pick your primary color, your secondary color. Um, vein angle will have right offset, left offset, and several different degrees, and also helical left and right. You already talked about knock options. We're going to either uh, allow or we're going to offer spine alignment or indexing as an option. <coughs> 
you don't want to do that, you can just roll the dice. <laughs> oh, I love that. Roll the dice. It's a great phrase. <laughs> oh, I need to get a drink of water here. Have fun turning <clears throat> your knocks, boys. Mm-hmm. It's really not too bad, though. I mean, usually these days, as long as you're running the right setup, it's not that bad. Yeah. But three point options 75 grain, 100 grain, 125 grain. And then you've also got a lightning speed option to get them expedited out within a couple of days. I'm sure you're going to love that one, Hollywood, when yeah. you get those orders come. <laughs> Glue wrapped around my head. Mm-hmm. Heck, you yeah. might even get some here come this summer. You know, you'll get an order two, three days before a TAC event or something. Yeah. Oh, guarantee something you. Stat. Well, I mean, last last year being the first year that we opened that pro shop, we had, you know, one guy just jump in here because, again, we're Vapor Trail. We can make strings. Jumps in here, and he's like, yeah, I'm leaving to New, to, uh, New Mexico tomorrow, tomorrow morning. I'm like, and yeah. <laughs> and I've been waiting six years for this elk tag. I'm like, <laughs> and you need a string. And, I mean, so it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Whether it's TAC or the same dude. Yep. You know, it's like, my God, you can't prevent, you know, your string blowing up. But yeah, you had months to prepare for your arrows, buddy. Right? Yep. You know, right now. Be ready for it. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. So the arrow customizer, we're pretty excited about that. Rory's been working real hard on it and. Uh, it looks pretty good, so I'm kind of excited for that. Excited call. for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excited and nervous. <laughs> nervous because <laughs> let the uh, fun begin. Yep. <laughs> Rightfully so. How many orders are we going to get right out the bat? Right on. Well, I think that hit it. I think we hit everything on there. Uh, we'll have to get to the next section that w- I had on the docket for next time because yeah. it's, yeah. Getting to be We've that talked time. way too much about how we can't kill birds. Yeah. I mean, Rick and I. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Not Johnny. So Johnny invented turkey hunting. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> Not quite that good. <laughs> Didn't exist until then. Yeah. He might have had a he might have had a role in making sure it wasn't the na- national bird just so that we could <laughs> haunt them. Yeah. I, I don't know. If you want to go back to the double bull days where we started this conversation, trust me, there's plenty of guys there that'll explain to you how I be used to be real bad at this. Oh. So <laughs> I thought it all started I thought it went way back to Ben Franklin, but uh, well anyway. that, yeah. same time frame. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Isn't it weird to say that you were born in the 1900s? Like, doesn't it just, I mean, I don't know. I hear somebody say, like, kids will say that, like, whatever, old man, you were born in the 1900s. I'm like, (laughs) jeez. And then I laugh at them and walk away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can drive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I just sweep the leg. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Anyway, all right. Well, hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us. If anybody has any questions or suggestions, um, interested in being a guest on the Range Podcast, you can reach out to me on IG at ricky.wayne80 or shoot a message through Vapor Trail IG, Facebook, or YouTube. And, of course, you can always find uh, Hollywood at? On the old Instagram, jakeivy3, uh, and Facebook, jakeiverson with Hollywood. In parentheses. There you go. What about you, Johnny? Do you want anybody to be able to find you, or are you like Steve? It's a ghost. Uh, well, no, it ain't a ghost, but I honestly couldn't tell you what my screen name is. Pretty sure it's just my name. So. I think it's just Bet- uh, You, you want to find me? Look up John Betker. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So. Awesome. Definitely find him on Facebook with that. Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to pack up our bows and arrows, and we're going to leave the range. Have a good day, everybody. See you See ya.
Vapor Trail is now offering an exclusive discount to the Range Podcast listeners. Enter promo code TRP15, that's TRP15, at checkout for 15% off VTX bowstrings and Vapor Trail and Stokerize branded t-shirts, hats, and other gear. 